Okay, we have special guests here this morning. Somebody asked me, how can I give to Dave and Cheryl Bryant? Uh, all you have to do is go online and just put it under, I don't know if there's a special spot for you there or not, but just give an offering. I guarantee you, we'll give them more than you give. All right? So there you go. And uh, you can just give an offering. And if you want, put it, take an envelope behind the chair in front of you and then put it in the generosity boxes uh, as you walk out. <clears throat> but we'll make sure they are blessed beyond measure. All right? So uh, we are blessed to have them. And don't forget, tonight, 6 o'clock, we're going to have a special service. Dave did a masterful job of teaching uh, first service, and he's going to continue on that vein tonight at 6 o'clock. I think some of you will. I've, I've already had some feedback, uh, good and negative, just so you know. But I want you to know I love this couple because they shake us out of our status quo. And we, we, we don't want to stay in the status quo. We want to be a church. We want to be Christians that advance the kingdom and every day should be full of truth and mercy and miracles and signs and wonders and salvations. And I think they're a great balance of truth and mercy. Dave gives the truth. Cheryl gives whatever. No. <laughs> she gives mercy, but, but let me just say this. She's, she's a fireball. I don't even know how else to say it. But we've known them for 43 years, and it's like we might not see each other maybe once or once a year, once every couple of years, but every time we see them, it's just like we never parted from each other. And those are rare friends that you find uh, in life. So we are blessed. I want to just honor Cheryl. Cheryl, when she lived here, uh, she would tell me, don't ask me to pray. Don't ask me to do anything. And I'd say, what's your problem, Cheryl? And she'd just say, you heard me. Don't do it. So I said, okay. Now, like Dave told us yesterday, she asked for the mic and Probably I'll probably have to take the mic away from her. Who knows? But I'm telling you, I'm expecting signs and wonders and miracles in this service today. Okay, so would you stand and give Cheryl Bryan a big Harbor City welcome. We're so blessed to have her. Okay, now I want you all to pat yourselves on the back. You are beautiful and awesome and wonderful, and it actually is very healing to be here and see such beautiful people. I'm like, oh, they're beautiful. It's amazing. You're an amazing group. You really are. Your heart, even I noticed it yesterday before the first um, service that we had yesterday, I thought so many people so seeking God, so hungry, and so willing. And those are the people that get filled with God and get to do the stuff. How exciting is that? And it's really very exciting. It's an exciting time to be alive. Um, God tells me things sometimes. And most of the things I do better if I don't tell anybody that he said them. Because people look at me like, "Mm, that's not true. And I'm like, well, we'll find out. (laughs) I think I know something you don't know yet. (laughs) It's just the truth. One thing he told me, and then I'll pray is he told me, he said, you know, my first coming, Jesus told me this. He said, you know, my first coming was so misunderstood and misrepresented that they killed me. 
They knew the Bible, and they killed me. He said, my second coming will be more misunderstood than my first. Very encouraging. So if you think you have it figured out, just go, God, I don't know, but you do. Let's go with you. Where are you going? What are you going to do, right? Forget that we think we know because that's usually when we get all confused because we think we know and then we aren't open-minded. One time I had mm, possibly a man and possibly not a man. Could have been somebody from the nether realm, but he told me this. <laughs> he was shining and he told me this and he was talking to me when he shouldn't have been. And he told me this. He's asked me a bunch of questions about the things God was teaching me. And then he told me this. He said, you're on the right path. He said, remember this. If you forget everything else we talked about today, remember this. He said, your mind is like a parachute and only open ones work. And that's the truth. And you need to read the word of God as if you've never seen it. Become a child. If you don't become a child, you'll never enter the kingdom. Forget your theology. Take the word of God and say, here it is. Holy Spirit, lead me and guide me. What did he say he'd lead you and guide you into? How much truth? All truth. That's what he said. Somebody the other day said, you don't think we can know all the truth, do you? And I'm like, well, I guess you're asking if I believe his word. He actually said, I'll lead you and guide you into all truth. The problem is most of us are not willing to be led against what we already think we know. And God's told me a lot of things that countered some of the things I thought I knew. And I was like, whoops, okay, let me just give you that one. Let me just say this, and then I'll pray. I'm going to need to pray for sure here. We're going to go way off the deep end. Jesus, help Cheryl. (laughs) The fact of the matter is when Jesus was alive on the earth... How many of you understand that there was an age coming to a close? That age closed, and the new age of the New Testament opened up. How many people alive right then understood what was happening? Possibly a handful. Maybe five. Maybe. Not even the disciples. They didn't know. They didn't understand. And we need to be way, 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 way more open-minded and say, God, where are you going? What are you going to do? And how can you do it in and through me? Can I directly reflect heaven? Can I be a reflection of who you are here in the middle of this? Because there's an age coming to a close and another age that's going to open up. And it may look a little different than we had presupposed. Do I know what it looks like? No. Do I know that I am a daughter of the king of glory? Absolutely. So should I act like one? Absolutely. Should I have a great inheritance? Should I wait till I die to get it? Absolutely not. Here we are, and we're ready for the kingdom to manifest within us. He said the kingdom is at hand. And it's within you. The question is, is it within you? So let's pray. Jesus, we are so delighted. What a pleasure it is 
to be able to represent you here on earth. God, what an amazing grace you've put on our lives as you called us out of gross darkness and into your marvelous light. You called us that we would reflect your glory, that your glory would be seen by all men. God, would you help us to yield to you at the deepest level, that we would be changed, completely, totally transformed, completely metamorphized, completely transferred from that caterpillar that walks along into that butterfly that flies and goes with the wind of your spirit. God, we ask you today that you would change us more, that we would let go. Put your hand on your heart. God, let my heart let go and let you have control. Let my heart let go and let you completely consume me. Let me be all that you intended for me to be. God, I renounce the lies that I am a mere mortal. I break those off and I say, I am a daughter of the King of Kings and these are sons and daughters of the Most High, the King of Glory. And God, I thank you that you are up to the business of complete transformation. God, we thank you, Jesus, that you were the total model, and you did it all, and then said, go for it. We thank you for that, Jesus. Change our hearts, change our minds, and transfigure us into your very same image. Amen. How many of you know that you can't do what you think you can't do? You think you can't? You're right. Congratulations. You decided, and you can't. How many of you know that the Bible says nothing is impossible for those that believe? How many of you believe that God can totally change you? You get to decide how changed you get to be. You get to decide, am I going to be completely changed? Or I'm going to be a little bit changed? Am I going to look just like him? Am I going to reflect my father perfectly the way he intended? Or am I going to look like Cheryl? Cheryl was terrified of public. How many of you heard yesterday? Have you, most of you here and most of you not here. How many of you are here today that weren't here yesterday? Mm-hmm. I'm going to just tell you really quickly so you have a brief picture. I used to be absolutely horrified that my husband would say, or Doug, we were youth pastors together. Go figure. It was a while ago. I think about 40 years. But um, amazing, amazing, amazing. Um, I was terrified. I was terrified that one of them might say, Cheryl, would you do this? Or that somebody might mention me. One time there was a prophet that came to the church, and I remember seeing him, and I remember I was wearing, I remember exactly what I was wearing. I was wearing a bright red dress, and it had these big poofy sleeves. And I walked into church, and it was a little bit much. It was a little loud. And I walked into church, and I thought, oh, this is a little bit much. And then I saw this prophet. And he had these hands that were about, mm, fingers were like this long. And he was out there like this. And I was like, oh, my goodness, look at that guy. He was up there. And I usually sat pretty close to the front. And that day I thought, I'm going to hide in the middle. I'm going to hide. Because that those big old fingers, they're going to be pointing at me before I know it. I just feel it. And I did not want 
anybody to point me out. Nobody. And guess what he did? I moved to the middle. I slunk down in the seat, tried to hide, and those big old hands went like this. Lady in the red, right there. Could you stand up? And I'm like, oh, my goodness. I cannot believe this is happening because I was horrified that someone might look at me or notice me, and I never would have taken a mic in my hand ever for any reason. I was just that terrified, and it was because I believed the lies that uh, the enemy put into my mind as a child. You don't want anyone to notice you. You don't want ever to be in front of anyone, and you don't want to speak unless there's maybe four people. You can do four to six, but no more than that, right? And so I just bought that lie. I'm like, that sounds good to me. I don't want anybody to look at me. I don't want to get in front of anybody ever. That's just the lie I believed as a child. And it played out all through until I was about 35 years old. Amazing. Well, this guy points at me, and he says, stand up. He says, what's your name? And I said, Cheryl. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, I can't believe this is happening. And he said, Cheryl, you're going to be a barrel. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, I cannot believe he just said that. He said, my wife's name is Beryl, and she's a teacher, and she's a preacher, And she does amazing things for God. And he said, you are going to go on a quantum leap. You aren't even going to recognize yourself before this is over. And I sat down thinking, oh, I can't believe he did that to me. And I just hid again. About 15 years later, not because I was thinking, oh, God, I want to go on a quantum leap. Because God had a plan to take me off the edge. (laughs) He was like, come on, Cheryl, let's do this thing. And he began to birth within me a hunger to know him more. And it was just that simple. It's like, I want to know you more. I want to know you. God, I want you. I want you. I was still terrified of public speaking, terrified that somebody might notice me in a crowd. But I began to really hunger for God. And God took me on a journey that was so amazing. And he told me one time, he said, Cheryl, you do this for me. He said, you yield yourself fully to me and then buckle up for the great adventure. And my girlfriends that know me the best say, Cheryl, he should have said, yield yourself fully to me and then get yourself a straight jacket because you're sure going to need one. My life has been beyond wild, amazing, and honestly, I can tell story after story after story, Dave can too, we both can, that are over the top, crazy and amazing. It's amazing what God has done. And um, I'll tell a couple of stories right quick. I believe that it is God's will that we would directly reflect him that he would be able to point us out. I always say, you know, I want to be that child in the family that just does the right thing. I'm just going to be that one that's like, God, what do you want me to do? Let's do it, right? Some kids are like that, some not so much. I wasn't when I was a child. I got more spankings than either my brother or my sister. But it was just because I was a little more mischievous. And now it's hilarious to me because I think, God, I just want to please you. That's all that matters to me. I want to know you. I want to please you. And I want to directly reflect you. And if you think when you die and go to heaven, that's when everything changes. That's old religion that is going to limit you in where God can take you while you're here. The fact of the matter is Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is at hand and it's within you. And you get to decide how much of it's within you. 
you know how you decide? You decide how much you die to self, and he gets to live within you. As he lives within you, you are full of joy, you're full of peace, you're full of power, you're full of the glory of God, the stuff of heaven, the glory of God. How many of you have thought, oh, God, I want to see your glory? He's saying, you know what, I want to put my glory in you, but there's still too much of you in you. Would you yield you so that I can live in you? Will you die to yourself so that my ways can be your ways, so that you'll love what I love and you'll hate what I hate? Would you become a direct reflection of heaven? What if every one of us was a direct reflection of heaven? Everywhere you went, the light of God shined out of you. The glory of God came from you. Everywhere you went, you were blessing everyone. Everywhere you went, you were just an absolute blessing. You know, you would change this harbor. It's the will of God for you to change this harbor. It's his will for a fire to burst out within you people and see this whole place set ablaze. What an amazing thing. You know, God loves to do things in really unusual places. What good thing can come out of Nazareth? I'm not saying that about Aberdeen. We not saying that. I'm saying that Yuba City, we say that about. We moved to Yuba City in California. We're like, we're just a little funky place. And one time God told me, He said, Cheryl, you should call your campus the Embassy of Heaven. And I was like, how interesting. And I thought it was kind of weird. And I told Dave, and he said, Yeah, that's totally weird. And I said, Yeah, I think so too. Anyway, later he named the campus the Embassy of Heaven. But even more than a campus being an embassy, you should be an embassy. You should be a safe place where the enemy is not welcome and cannot go. Every one of us should be walking embassies. We should be people where the light of heaven shines out of us, dispelling darkness. Darkness shudders and says, oh, no. There's a moving embassy. What are we going to do? What's happening now? There's a place of absolute safety. The enemy is not welcome at any level. So God told me years ago, he said, Cheryl, he said, I want it to be on earth as it is in heaven. Didn't I teach you to pray that? How many of you know the Lord's Prayer? Okay, we all say the Lord's Prayer. How many of you believe the Lord's Prayer? How many of you think Jesus would teach you to pray something that he didn't really want you to pray? No. And he told me this. He said, if a mother told her little girl, pray every day. When you pray, would you pray that I'll get you a pony for Christmas? But mama never intended to get that little girl a pony. She never was going to do that. Is that a nice mom or a very bad mom? It's a very bad mom, right? So Jesus said, pray. When you pray, hallow my name. Worship me. Say, you're great, God. Right. He is great. He is awesome. He's worthy to be praised. Say that it's time for his kingdom to come on earth just like it is in heaven. It's time for it to be in you just like it is in heaven. Not when you die. That's a lie. It's now. It's time to kick the devil out of your life. It's time for you to say, hell no, heaven yes. 
Hell no, heaven yes. Inside me, just like it will be when I get to heaven. And that's what God told me. He said, Cheryl, I want to start in you. And I was like, me? Yikes. <laughs> okay, but he wants to start in you too. He was just talking to me at the time. He was saying, it's time for it to be inside you just like it will be in heaven. So what parts of you can you think of that aren't going to make it through the pearly gates? Which ones? What things? That's not making it through. That's not making it through. Okay, it's time to shed those things. And it's time to shed them as fast as you can. You let go of those things and say, I don't want you. You don't, you're just weighing me down. We are called to carry the full glory of God. The Bible says, the Bible says that we have all fallen short of the glory. Well, guess what? Jesus died so that we can carry the glory. He's like, hey, I paid the price so that you could get out from under that fallen short piece. And it's time for you to step into the place where the glory of God rests in you and on you. How many of you would love to do the Moses thing? Come down from the mountain shining. How many of you are willing to say, I'm going for it. I'm going to do a 40 day dry fast, no food, no water. It got so quiet. Oh my goodness. (laughs) The price. There's prices. There's prices. We got to learn to die to ourselves and say, you know what? These dirt world, I call them, the dirt world stuff, it's not all that in a bag of chips. How many of you have ever been disappointed in something in the dirt world that you put your hope in? How many of you are just liars? How many of you have ever driven a brand new car off of a parking lot thinking, I just want this so bad, and then you paid the price for it for ever when it wasn't six years, when it wasn't worth anything? It's like, that might not have been the best value. This is amazing. Actually, God took me on this journey where he took me into a place of just saying, God, I don't even care about the dirt world. Nothing here matters to me except pleasing you. Only loving you matters. Only being yielded to you. Only wanting you. I don't need anything of the dirt world. Hilarious. God's so funny because as he takes us on that journey and we yield more and more and we say, here, you can have everything. I don't care. Take food. I don't care. Take this. Take that. God, I don't need anything anything but you. I need you. You are my everything. He actually took me through a journey of saying, you give me your husband. You give me your children. You give me that church. You give me everything. And if I take it all from you, what is that to you? I want to be everything you desire. I cried my eyes out, thought, oh dear, I'm in for a rough ride here. (laughs) But God, instead of taking them, blessed our marriage, blessed the church, blessed all of us, and then gave me a whole bunch of brand new gangster kids (laughs) that call me Mama Cheryl. And it's amazing. Instead of taking anything, he just gave me, gave me, gave me. He's like, here, how about I give you them? I give you them. Somebody else might love them, might not love them, but you can love them like I love them. Will you love them the way I do? Will you see them transformed by my love that flows through you? Will you get out of the way and do what I need done? Was it my idea to do that? Not at all. Not at all. But was it God's idea? Yeah. He thinks he's funny, and he thinks he can do whatever he wants. And, yeah, imagine that. And so... 
it's been quite an interesting journey, so I'll tell you a funny little story that comes out of that. Um, I think I left a rabbit trail, and if I remember it, I will come back and tell you the end of that story. But for now, I'll go on to this next piece of uh, my story, and the piece of it that I'm going to tell you is about a young man that God told me to take into our home, and he was out of the prison system, and we've done that a lot of times for a lot of years. A lot, a lot, a lot of gangster kids uh, in and out of our house for years and years. And they're really just broken kids looking for a family, right? And can your family love someone to life? It's the question. Do you love God enough to draw people in and love them to life? Can his love flow freely through you? If not you, who's going to do it? Where? Is there a conduit of the love of heaven that can flow so freely that it hits everything that it comes through? That's supposed to be you. That's supposed to be me. It's the will of God that I will get out of the way and let his love absolutely flow through me so that the people he wants to touch, doesn't matter who I want to touch, it matters who he wants to touch. He's got a plan. And he's like, I want them. I want them. Can we get out of the way and say, God, let your love flow through me and destroy the works of darkness? Super exciting journey. I wouldn't have chosen it for myself, but God chose it for me. And so as he began to heal me and draw me, and I was praying all the time and seeking God, what time am I done, Doug? Four minutes? Ten minutes. Wow. This ought to be quick. 10 minutes. I'll give, I'll give you a real quick, brief uh, description of what happened. So what happened was um, this lady asked me, she said, would you take this young boy into your home? He's 19. He's been in prison for one year, and he has nobody positive in his life. And I said, you know, I really can't do that right now. I'm up at 4 a.m. seeking God. I'm spending time getting... Actually, it was an amazing time that I was spending with God, and I felt like I really needed that time with just me and Jesus. And she said, would you at least just work in your yard with him? And I said, absolutely. Bring him over. I'll work in the yard with him. We'll have a good day. It'll be, I'll bless him. I'll pour love into him. And God had told me the day before that, he said, you're too proud. And I was like, I don't think I'm proud. And he said, you're too proud. You won't even sing with one other person. You want to sing in a big group. You're too proud. And I was like, actually, I don't carry a tune well, and I think I'm wise. <laughs> and he's like, no, that's pride. And I was like, God, if you want me to get up and just sing, I'll get up and sing. But that's not the way that went down. So this young boy, 19 years old, straight out of prison, comes over to meet me, came into the yard. God had told me before that, turn your yard into a garden because I'm going to walk and talk with humanity again like in the beginning. And he began to do that. It was amazing. As we turned our yard into a garden, I'd hear his voice so clearly. It was amazing. So I was out there with this young man that just got out of prison. And he looked at me, and he said, my name's Ricky. And I said, well, my name is Cheryl. And he said, will you sing a song with me? <laughs> and I thought, of course I'll sing a song with you. That's what I was hoping to do right now. <laughs> and so he grabbed my hands. And he started belting out way more off tune than I am, which if you don't follow a tune well, it's way harder if the other guy's way off. 
So he starts belting out way, way, way off tune. God, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true. I'll be a living sacrifice for you. It was a beautiful song. He was so far off that I didn't even care where I was. I was just belting out with him, and we had a good little song. And God spoke to me and said, pour your life into his, and you won't be disappointed. So I took him into our home nine months down the road. He was still a terrorist. It was very rough. Tried selling drugs out of the house. It was rough. Lots and lots and lots of stuff. And uh, he actually tried to kill me at one point. And it was amazing because I was so caught up with God. I was so excited about God and his love. And I was pouring his love into this kid and taking him quadding, taking him fishing. I was just being a mom. I'm like, I'm going to be a mom. But I could feel God's love. And God loved this poor kid. And the kid had been to hell and back. Seen murder at three years old. Been to hell. Wouldn't let me pray for him. He said when I touched him, he could feel electricity and that I was a witch. My husband (laughs) thought it was funny and took him through a video of Monty Python. She's a witch. I'm like, honey, please. Anyway, it was hilarious. So (laughs) this precious kid goes fully demonic, grabs me up in his arms runs up the staircase with me in his arms with a butcher knife to my neck. I'm feeling the peace of God like you can't even imagine. The peace that passes all understanding. And the demons were raging out of him saying, we're going to blankety blank blank this, that, the other thing, a lot of ugly stuff. And I felt the peace of God so strongly in my heart. It was amazing. And I said in my heart, God, if this kid kills me, Please don't let my children hate you because I loved broken people. That was the only thing I felt in my heart. I was like, God, don't let my kids lose you because I love the broken. I wasn't afraid of dying. It was an easy, it was a beautiful thing. I was like, God, this peace is amazing. And honestly, I wouldn't trade that experience for anything. He came to his senses after got me into a bedroom and came to his senses threw the butcher knife across the room, it stuck in the wall, dropped me on the ground, and said, they're going to kill you. They're going to use me to kill you. And then after I kill you, I have to do prison. You're already in heaven. (laughs) And I said, they're not going to kill me. They can't. They would have just killed me if they could. Don't worry. But anyway, it's been quite a journey. Then I reflected back on the time that we were singing a song. Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true. I'll be a living sacrifice for you. The question is, are we willing to be living sacrifices? Or do we want what we want? We want our way, and we demand our way, and we want God to do what we want him to do, and we want our life to look the way we want it to look. Well, years down the road, well, no, no, this is two months down the road, actually. Two months down the road, I'm praying for this kid, and I'm crying, and I'm like, God, he's not changing. You said pour your life into his, and you won't be disappointed. He is not changing. And Jesus walked into the room and sat by me on the fireplace. I couldn't see him. I could feel him. I could hear him, and he sat right beside me. And he said, Cheryl, did not I say that I would reveal the Father's heart to whomever I choose, and I've chosen to reveal it to you? And your Father in heaven adores humanity in the middle of their mess. 
and it changed my entire life. Changed my life because rather than trying to help this broken boy, all I have to do now is reflect love. It's not my job to change him. It's my job to love him and let his love flow through me. That's the whole job. That's all of your whole job. Your job is to connect with heaven and let heaven's love fill you up and find the people that need to be touched with his love. And it doesn't matter what they do or what they don't do. What matters is what you do. You're in charge of one person. One person. So I'm going to read you a little quick questionnaire just because I love it. Just a little bit of it. How are you doing at dying to self? When you are forgotten or neglected or purposely set at naught and you don't sting and hurt with the insult or the oversight, but your heart is still happy, being counted worthy to suffer for Christ, that's dying to self. How many of you can relate to some piece of that? When your good is evil spoken of, this one's a little harder. When your good is evil spoken of, when your wishes are crossed, your advice disregarded, your opinions totally ridiculed, and you refuse to let any anger rise in your heart or even defend yourself, but you take it all in patient, loving silence, that is dying to self. When you lovingly and patiently bear any disorder, any irregularity, how many of you have a little bit of road rage? It's like, they're doing the wrong thing. I had one of my prison boys one time. I shouldn't call him that, but I do. My boy's out of the prison system. He would jump out the car and want to fight the guy that did the wrong thing if he pulled in front of me. I'm like, you are not fighting him. We are not doing this. But the truth is, we can be the same way. Something in our attitude can rise up and think, what on earth is wrong with you? But is there patience that wins in our heart? Does the fruit of the Spirit own you? Or does something else own you? So I am going to be late, and I'm not going to let it happen. So I'm going to pray for people. I have the rest of this, and Doug and Lois would love to print it out for you and give it to you next week. because it's a checklist that you can write, you can highlight and go, you know what, I am doing so good on that one. It's awesome. But this one, not so good, right? So I'm going to, they already have that, and they can print that out for you. It's my favorite, favorite checklist for how I'm doing in different areas. But what I want to do right now is I want to pray for each of you because we are living in a transition of the ages, and the kingdom of heaven is at hand, And the question is, how much is within you? How much of the kingdom do you want to carry? How much are you willing to die to self and put the old self away and say, Cheryl, you just forget your wants, your needs, and go with his. You're going to be happier. Trust me. It's the happy way to live. It's the joy-filled life. And so I want us all to stand up, and anybody that wants to go deeper into that death process, deeper into saying, God, get me out of the way. I want to be a complete conduit of the love of God. I want God's love to flow through me and bless multitudes. If you want to do that, I want you to just come to the front and we're going to say some prayers together. We're going to ask God to get the self-life out of us 
that we would put away the old self, that his love would freely flow through. So God, right now, we just ask you, as you put your hands in the air, you just say, God, take away the me. Take away the part of me that doesn't belong here. Would you take away my selfishness, my self-life? Would you take those things away? I want you to pray this with me. I renounce selfishness. I repent for putting myself first. I ask you to fill me with your love. Completely get the me out of me. Let your love flow through me freely. I give myself more fully to you at the deepest level that I know how. I yield myself to you today. And I say, come set me on fire. Set me ablaze. Let your love flow through me. Let the kindness of who you are destroy.